Hello, and welcome to Making a House a Home, the monthly podcast that is brought to you by Housing Europe, the European Federation of Public, Cooperative and Social Housing. My name is Michalis Goudis, and as every month, we're reaching out to you from Brussels with discussions with people who are shaping the developments behind a number of issues that are related to affordable housing. Tune in on our website, www.housingeurope.eu, or on our profile on Mixcloud to get the latest episode on your computer or mobile device. In today's third episode, we turn our spotlight to housing first. Why is this probably the best way to fight homelessness? What does the case of Finland show to the rest of the EU member states? And what is the aim of the Housing First Europe Hub? Samara Jones from Feanza, Program Coordinator of the Housing First Europe Hub, will be joining us in a few minutes to provide us with an insider view on this innovative approach. In the second part of our show, we will welcome Bjorn Malans, the General Director of VVH, the Association of Flemish Social Housing Companies, a member of Housing Europe, to talk about their experience on the ground with the Housing First scheme. How is it working in Flanders? Where do they draw their inspiration from? So, a full agenda for today, and we invite you to stay with us as we will kick off our conversations with our two excellent guests right after a short music pause. Oh, new dame, new how could you go? Twisted sick, but I'm on the floor, come rescue me. podcast brought to you by Housing Europe, the European Federation of Public, Cooperative and Social Housing. I'm Michalis Goudis and today we're looking at innovative responses to the most severe form of social exclusion, namely homelessness. The latest data from FEANCA, uh, overview of housing exclusion in Europe, show an alarming situation with increasing levels of homelessness in 15 countries, with Finland being uh, the only example in the EU of a country which has managed to decrease, actually, the share of homeless people. The key factor to this success has been the implementation of an effective housing first policy. I'm happy to welcome in our office Samara Jones. Samara works for FEANSA, the European Federation of National Organizations Working with the Homeless, and she is also the coordinator of the Housing First Europe Hub. Samara, welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, and let's start from the basics, actually. What is Housing First? How would you, let's say, explain it to someone who is not really familiar with this scheme? Well, it's 
great about Housing First is that it's really easy to explain because it makes sense. Mm -hmm. it's, it's common sense. You start with the housing. So for somebody who is homeless, you work with them to find them a place to live first and foremost. And then once somebody is living in their own apartment, you wrap the services around them that they might need. And that will depend on the, the kinds of needs they might have. So it could be around um, drug and alcohol addiction services. It could be around mental health services, physical health services. In many cases, it's about reconnecting sometimes with family and mm -hmm. friends or, or other types of media family mediation services, uh, as well as debt mediation services. So basically, the principle is first a person is moved into their home, they feel more safe and secure in that home. They have the key. They're the holder of the tenancy. Mm -hmm. And then whatever needs they might have are then, uh, they're supported in responding to those needs with a housing first team who then can connect them to other services that they need. So it really flips on its head the real treatment as usual approach, which is often short-term tenancies mm -hmm. in unstable uh, shelter or hostile accommodation um, and it really gives people the safety and security uh, that they deserve and it gives them a chance to work on recovery. Exactly and it's, a, it's a simple to say but also a bit more complicated to do in practice step-by-step -step approach actually. So housing is the first step and mm -hmm. then people need all this support system that you just described. Yeah, I mean, the, the first step really is the housing mm -hmm. and then um, also it's a way to engage those people who are really the furthest mm -hmm. <clears throat> and the most removed from, from other uh, systems and services. And by giving people access to their fundamental, to their right to housing, to their right to privacy, uh, to their right to security. They are then able to access, you know, if we look at it from a human rights perspective, they're able to access their other rights. Um, I mean, step by step is true, but it's, it's, it's really remarkable how quickly things can fall mm -hmm. into place. Once somebody is in their own apartment or their own flat, they, uh, the housing first, the, the principles of housing first, um, are around a right to housing to make sure everyone has the access to their, their own uh, safe and secure accommodation. And then the other principles of, of Housing First are very much linked to uh, a recovery orientation, to engaging with people but not coercing them, mm -hmm. not forcing mm -hmm. them to engage in services, which in some in some systems and some uh, types of support for homeless people, there's a an obligation. Whereas in Housing First, there's an obligation to be in contact with your support worker. But you know, it, beyond that, it's very much centered on the person's own choice. And I think that's a very important thing to to keep in mind. So uh, one of the key elements uh, for the successful implementation of Housing First is respect for the person. Absolutely. First and foremost. Yeah, and that in Housing First, I mean, in many other services you see as well, putting the person at the center exactly. of the planning and the decision-making about what sorts of services are required or what sorts of treatment are required uh, is in practice, but that's not always the case and it's not always the central tenant. The other key principles that, that we need to keep mm -hmm. in mind of Housing First are um, a harm reduction approach. So whereas in some places you have um, 
an obligation to commit to sobriety where people are then not allowed to consume alcohol or consume consume any kind of drugs in the in the property in housing first people are allowed to live and make the decisions that they wish to make with the provision of support should they wish to reduce or mm -hmm. end their use of, uh, of substances. Sorry. Um, another key uh, element is that there's a separation between the provision of the housing and the provision of the support or the treatment. Because quite often in um, homeless services or other kinds of supported housing services, um, there can be consequences related to the tenancy if uh, if a if a resident doesn't engage mm -hmm. or doesn't you know agree to go to a certain number of meetings or doesn't reduce their you know their their consumption of drugs or alcohol so in the housing first approach we separate those two so that a person is guaranteed to have yeah. their tenancy that 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 is their right of course things happen people yeah. people have problems maintaining a tenancy for any number of reasons. Luckily with Housing First, the amount of support that a person receives generally helps them to maintain their tenancy uh, as well, if not better, than any other tenant. Mm -hmm. um, the data on Housing First, uh, there's there's really good evidence base for this approach. There's been studies in France, there have been studies in Canada, in the U.S. as well. And, it, you know, the common... Uh, number that gets you know put out there is that 80 to 90 percent of people remain in their first tenancy in housing first so going straight from street homelessness into uh, an apartment and they 80 to 90 percent remain in their tenancy very encouraging yeah, yeah. and i mean and some of those people who move on uh you know at that in that 20 or 10 percent who who, you know, some people would say fail their first tenancy, they've just moved to another place. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they have necessarily had to return to the to streets or something. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something too important uh, to remember as well. Like, I'm not in the same tenancy that I had six years ago. I'm, I'm in a different apartment or a different house. And so I think it's important to respect that people will also maybe want to choose to move for various reasons. Um, so I think that that's an important one as well, is that the support for that person is not just the access to um, mental health or physical health services. It might also sometimes be support for that person to move to another apartment or another location. And so that's why the separation of the two, treatment and support and housing, are important. Very clear. So whenever Housing First is mentioned, everyone seems to be talking about Finland. What makes Finland, in your view, so special? Well, in Finland, they came up uh, sort of semi-independently with the concept of housing first about the same time that the, the concept was emerging uh, in the U.S., so in the, in the late, mid-1990s. And in Finland, what they decided to do was to set themselves a target of ending homelessness and using housing first as their key approach mm -hmm. to addressing rough sleeping in, uh, in Finland. Now, when we look at Finland now and we go and walk around Helsinki, it, it is shocking and delightful because it's one of the few or maybe the only European capital that you can walk around where you don't see rough sleeping. So they have done it, but they've done it over the course of 15 years with some careful planning and most importantly with a very 
strongly supported strategy to mm -hmm. say that this is our objective. Our objective is to eradicate homelessness. It can be done, but what do we need to get it to happen is we need to have more affordable social housing brought online. And so that's basically what they did. And they did their, the, they set it out in three five-year plans. Uh, the first one was with a target to reduce the amount of, the number of rough sleepers. And it's important to remember as well that they had quite a number of rough sleepers. Mm -hmm. So yep. we, we sometimes think yep. of Finland as a Scandinavian country with very few social problems. But in fact, back in the in the 80s and the 90s, they had a significantly serious um, rough sleeping problem and, and problems with chronic homelessness. And they really set out to tackle something that was really difficult. It wasn't easy. So they set their, themselves the, the goal. They worked hard to bring the municipalities, like the local level, yeah. and the different government departments on board. And it's a really good example of how you need collaborative working and collaborative understanding to make something like this happen. <clears throat> so um, policies were set in place that made it easier or made it possible for social housing and other housing providers to build more housing, mm -hmm. so more housing came on stream. There were some financial incentives for the transition for shelters to transition from, you know, dormitory style and or single bedroom, you know, shelters into apartment buildings, some of which could then be apartments for housing first and some which could be other social housing. And really importantly, there's been ongoing and to this day learning and training for everyone. Everyone in the sector, everyone in adjacent sectors like um, healthcare yeah. or justice, um, and also training that is done in such a way that it involves both frontline workers as well as maybe middle managers or service managers or people who pay for the services as well. And that sort of ongoing learning about what is Housing First, what are some of the new challenges it might throw up, how can we address them together, that's been really, really effective. And just one more thing about Finland before I finish is they've just published a book. So mm -hmm. Y Foundation, which is uh, one of you know, the leading organization in Finland uh, on Housing First, they they had so many questions, <laughs> so many requests for visits that they wrote in English, an English book looking at uh, the whole process of mm -hmm. how this happened. It's called uh, A Home of, Our, of Your Own, and it's available in English for free for download on their website as well as on our website. On your website, meaning fans' uh, website, well, and actually, on the Housing First, on the Europe Housing First Hub, yes, we're so. going to come to that very soon. But indeed, a very good book recommendation for all of you who are listening to us right now, and you, you may also have more questions and a lot of things to learn from our Finnish colleagues. But on the other side of the spectrum, now Finland is a very inspiring case. People can. Uh, learn a lot from them but are there any cases where people you know have started experimenting with housing first and then for some reason it wasn't that effective are there lessons to learn from a not that successful case well um wherever housing first has been tested as a pilot mm -hmm. project it has been very successful however the difficulty is in getting pilot projects to go to scale 
Yeah. And so we can see uh, Fianza as well as sort of other partners. We've worked on producing a guide to Housing First called the Housing First Europe Guide, which is also available on the website in seven different languages. So it's worth checking out. We'll give you the info after. Um, and in doing the project on the guide, we also sort of tracked uh, quite a lot of the Housing First projects that exist in Europe. It's actually difficult to track them all because there's quite a lot of small ones. And that is, you know, from our perspective, that's the reason that we decided that it was necessary to have a hub. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll come to that in a second. But that proved to be the challenge for Housing First projects is not to not to support the people, but rather to keep them going once a two year project cycle finished. Yeah. Some of the other issues around it that make it more difficult is finding the housing. And that is, that's one where I think maybe some of your listeners and, and in general, the whole I, housing sector, I think that there, there's, um, there's some interesting conversations to be had about how can we make that uh, access to housing a bit better, a bit easier. Um, and the other issue that comes up is how do you uh, convince the funders that it is sustainable to continue yeah. funding something like Housing First because it has been proven to be cost-effective. But the problem is that when you start saving money because a homeless person is in their own house, well, you still have to provide support to that person, of course, in terms of maybe a rent supplement or maybe a disability benefit or maybe unemployment benefit. Um, but even still, maybe that person starts having their own income and, and so on. But that person will still go to the GP, so there's still access to the healthcare system. That that access to the healthcare system might be much cheaper than what they had done before, which was access the emergency system, maybe on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. But that's really hard to quantify. Mm -hmm. Because if you've taken somebody out of the emergency room, even if it's somebody who went there very often, that that spot gets filled up very quickly yeah. by somebody else. So in a way, it, it really does help alleviate pressures in the system, but they're really hard to quantify in some ways. Um, I was at a meeting of um, Belgian cities a few a few months ago, and they were giving sort of some anecdotal uh, evidence of how it was working in their in their cities. And I think it was the city of, uh, of Namur. And the person there who was sort of responsible for social services said, well, in fact, for him, what's happened, and it's impossible to quantify, but he can just see it, is that having a housing first service or sort of dedicated work on housing first has meant it's freed up the people working on other issues mm -hmm. to do what they were was actually in their job description. And so it has a lot of these unintended positive uh, effects, but you can't necessarily quantify, quantify it. Yeah. In any case, it's indeed something to keep in mind. We're in Brussels and we're discussing with Samara Jones from FEANZA, a program coordinator of the Housing First Europe Hub. We've mentioned that already. And now let's come to the hub. Uh, I quote from www.housingfirsteurope.eu, which is the address where you can find the website of the hub, that the hub was established by the Y Foundation from Finland, we've also mentioned that, and FEANZA, along with uh, more than 15 partners in July 2016. The hub's activities focus on training, research and practice, but also supports advocacy in the field of homelessness, right? Absolutely. 
So what triggered, let's say, the creation of such a platform? Is there indeed more and more interest from European countries yeah. to learn about Housing First? Well, exactly. Those are the main reasons mm -hmm. why. So both from the demand side, from people were asking more and more questions about Housing First. Uh, there had been a research project on Housing First uh, at European level, which had produced some very interesting results. Uh, we had also worked together with some partners to produce the guide that I mentioned, mm -hmm. the Housing First Europe guide. And so um, at the end of that project, uh, there was a uh, an idea that sort of bubbled up from from Y Foundation and then with the with support of Fiance, of course, was to okay, how can we build on what we've already done? How can we sort of uh, use the example of Finland and help to set that up as a kind of learning example that other countries or other cities might be able to learn from? And the idea was then to to open up a hub mm -hmm. and invite members to join the hub with, with uh, some financial commitment to support activities that will promote the scaling up of Housing First. So like I just said earlier, project funding for Housing First is not as difficult to come by. Getting sustained funding yeah. and building Housing First into the, you know, the core of a response to homelessness or the core of your housing system, that's much more difficult. And so uh, the idea was to create a hub that would focus on three things. On research, to continue to build the evidence base and use that evidence base to advocate for scaled up versions of Housing First. Um, on practice, and for practice we are focusing on helping to build some, some connections among people who are doing Housing First across Europe because people are facing similar challenges yeah. in different contexts. And so if they can learn that they can rely on each other for answers, um, we, we think that that will be mutually beneficial, obviously. Um, also in terms of practice, we one of the things we did this past year was um, to a feasibility study in the city of Liverpool with one of our partners, Crisis. Uh, and what we did is worked with people in Liverpool to assess, sort of diagnose what is the scale of homelessness in Liverpool and what would it take to build a new system so that Housing First was at the centre of that system for those homeless people who need it. Mm -hmm. And how would, that, how would the rest of the system need to sh shift to make that possible? And so we've we produced that report uh, with uh, with some the, the help of uh, excellent uh, researchers and consultants in the UK. And from that, we want to build uh, a tool that can be useful for other cities who are looking to do the same thing. So that's another thing in terms of practice that we know cities are faced with this question. How do mm -hmm. we do it? How do we scale up? And we want to offer something that's quite pragmatic uh, for them to be able to use. Um, also, in terms of practice, we're working on project a project uh, with training and evaluation built in on Housing First for Youth. Mm -hmm. Because, also an important issue, yeah, very yeah. important issue. Yeah, and and you you can use Housing First for young people, and it can have very very good uh, impact. But you have to adapt yeah. the Housing First approach slightly so it meets the needs of young people but you can't adapt it so far that it's no longer adheres to the principles of housing first mm -hmm. so we're working on a pilot project for that so that we'll have some a definition we can share some training we can share with others who are interested in doing that 
And then the final sort of pillar of our work is on training. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we've set up a train-the-trainer program so that we will be able to then, if people are interested in receiving training, we'll be able to say, look, there's a sort of list of people who've come and had training uh, that we've co-produced together, and here are people who are available to give training in your country, in your language, because that's often been a sticking point, is that there haven't been enough uh, people who are knowledgeable about Housing First and how it works on the ground or how you manage yeah. Housing First services or how you train your staff. And so we'd like to try and step in to fill that gap. Yeah, these multipliers are always very valuable. So no excuse for local authorities who are confronted with homelessness. You make their life quite easy, I would say. They, they can really learn a lot from Housing First Europe uh, hub and download the guide from uh, www.housingfirsteurope.eu. And coming towards the end of this part of our episode, I think it's clear that the provision of affordable housing, you said that already, is a prerequisite for Housing First policies and so is also a strong partnership with providers of care and support services, also a crucial element. What would be your recommendation to housing associations like members of Housing Europe and their members, of course, decision makers and organizations fighting homelessness, members of FEANSA? What is, let's say, the most effective way uh, to work together? How does one ensure the continuity in the chain? Mm. Well, I think that Housing First, because it's a quite straightforward solutions-focused mm -hmm. uh, approach, makes it easy easier than some things for people to rally around. Mm -hmm. Because you can see what you need. You need available housing and you need to find a way to provide the support that people need. And obviously housing providers, housing associations are the ones who quite often are the ones who bring the housing. Um, and support workers, uh, support services are there to help provide the support. But we have to work together because this is a really big shift for how people have been working, or some people. You know, for yeah. some for some parts, uh, uh, for some organizations, it's maybe less of a shift, but for a lot of people, it's, it's really important to reflect on how what you've been doing for the past, you know, however many years, how it's been working well, and also what does have to change. And so that working together on that kind of mind shift, that kind of yeah. cultural shift is something that we can all work on together. Um, but I think that we can also work together to promote this as a solution that works and as something that can be scaled up and that by supporting that in all of our advocacy actions or together in, in advocacy actions, I think that it's won't be so difficult to con convince uh, you know, local decision makers or national decision makers that this is something that could be built in. And that by working together you know, with the hub and, and so on, we can provide the tools that can help make those arguments. We can also provide some support in the evaluation of Housing mm -hmm. First so that we can continue to prove that it's working. And also we can help to improve it um, as we go along. I know that for sure our president is a big fan of Housing First policies. Anyway, the organization he's directing, Estnokdopol Habitat, has been there from the beginning uh, in the hub. So I think uh, from now on we can only expect more and more collaboration on the issue. Samara Jones, program coordinator of the Housing First Europe Hub, an initiative of FEANSA, the European Federation of National Organizations Working with the Homeless. Thank you very much for joining me today in Making a House a Home. Thank you very much for having me and uh, I look forward to hearing what your listeners uh, have to say. So, 
Feel free to send your comments uh, once you listen to the, this podcast till the end. And stay with us, of course, because right after a short musical break, we'll be back to see how social housing associations in Flanders are making use of Housing First to combat housing exclusion in the northern part of Belgium. All right, I'm ready now, ready now. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna fall back now. All right, I'm taking on, taking on me, taking on me. All I, I ever ask, ever ask, are you gonna, you gonna be my lover? Tonight, but take it with, take it with me, take it with me. Mm-hmm. What if I left and it made no sense? And you tell your friends and they hold your hands, baby, never mind, never mind. Never mind, never mind. What if I left and it made no sense? And you tell your friends and they hold your hands, baby, never mind, never mind. Never mind, never mind. And we're back for the second part of this third episode of Making House a Home, the monthly podcast that is brought to you by Housing Europe, the European Federation of Public, Cooperative and Social Housing. And our second guest for today, as we've already said, is Bjorn Malent, the director of EVH, is the representative umbrella organization of the Flemish social housing companies, a member organization of uh, Housing Europe. EVH has been implementing uh, in practice the Housing First scheme in Flanders, and we're there, we have therefore asked uh, Bjorn to join us today to share their experience. Bjorn, welcome. Thank Thank you you. for being with us today. And uh, let me start by asking you to give us an overview of the situation concerning homelessness and housing exclusion in Flanders. How are things? It's always hard to uh, actually count uh, Mm -hmm. that number, but academic research has shown that it's about 5,000 families, people in Belgium at this moment. Mm-hmm. In Flanders, in excuse Flanders. me. Yeah, we're talking only about a part yeah, it's, of Belgium. It's Flanders, yeah. So it's a quite a significant challenge. Indeed. And uh, Housing First seems to be a quite good solution, as we have also uh, heard from Samara Jones in the first part of the podcast. How long has it been that Housing First has started being implemented in Flanders? Well, there have been some experiences uh, a long while, uh, but actually a couple of years ago, and there were some uh, project funds to actually start implementing it on a larger scale, which mm-hmm. is, of course, not a very huge scale, but more uh, structural. Mm-hmm. So let's say uh, a couple of years ago. A couple of years yeah. ago. And uh, in, in particular for uh, VVH? Uh, well, when, when the funds were provided by the federal government, mm-hmm. uh, the local organizations uh, that were working on homeless people, uh, they first looked at the social housing uh, sector uh, because, of course, to provide uh, good quality and uh, cheap houses, uh, I think we are the main partner mm-hmm. in Flanders at this moment. So it was quite natural that they uh, came to us. Uh, so most of the projects are actually based in social housing. Uh, I have a percentage of that. 75% of mm-hmm. all the Housing First initiatives at this moment in Flanders are in social housing. Which is very indicative that social housing is the key uh, sector if you want to have a successful implementation. Well, I think affordable housing, housing is yeah. indeed the key. And, and the only large affordable housing sector in Flanders is 
social housing. Exactly. So indeed, it, it's, I think, a, a very large uh, obligation for, for us as social housing sector to be a partner in, in mm -hmm. that kind of uh, solutions. If you, if you also, uh, the social rental companies, if you add them, uh, we have uh, over, let's see, two-thirds of all the housing first initiatives are based in what we can call social affordable public uh, housing. Okay. How would you evaluate the use of the scheme so far? <clears throat> can one be happy with what has been done over these years? Absolutely, and I think the, the main success is that after a couple of years, 90% uh, of all the homeless people mm -hmm. who were allocated uh, using housing first are still living there. That's so I think that's quite <laughs> that's encouraging. A, yeah, yeah. That, that's quite encouraging. I think it's also uh, it also shows that it, it's a very good solution to a to a very uh, very large problem. Mm -hmm. We're here with Jorn Malens, director of EVH, the representative umbrella organization of the Flemish social housing companies and the member organization of Housing Europe. And we're talking about the Flemish experience with Housing First, as this is the focus point of today's episode of um, Making a House a Home. So based on your experience and actually on the experience of EVH members uh, who have had uh, so far, what do you think are the keys for the successful implementation of uh, Housing First? First of all, I think it, it, it's very important uh, that uh, the selection of profiles mm -hmm. of homeless people, of people with, with uh, risk of, of becoming homeless, is important. Housing First is mostly based on people that have a very long history in homelessness. So uh, that's also where it is a good solution. Uh, people who have some bad luck for a, for a short while, I think we can we can give them an, a housing solution in, in the more general social housing system. So that's important. Also, it's very important that we provide a house first, yeah. <laughs> hence <laughs> housing first, but that doesn't mean that there is no support needed. Mm -hmm. And I think that support, and that's a thing people uh, very often uh, forget, support is very important yeah. in the housing first principle. Mm -hmm. Support doesn't mean for instance, rehabilitation for, for people with, with uh, an addiction. or That's not the same. Yeah. But it means that there is a network around uh, the client or, or the tenant uh, that provides help if needed, if wanted. Yeah. So I think the support, and it's also something that we, we ask uh, from welfare organizations, is that they guarantee a kind of support. Mm -hmm. They don't have to guarantee that the problems of the client of the tenant will be solved addressed, way, solved, yeah. but I have to guarantee that there is some kind of network around yeah. it, and that's very important, and that's more or less uh, the thing we have been struggling with for a long time, and now due to the Housing First uh, initiatives, uh, that's something we, we have made clear, and it works very good. Mm -hmm. You also have to know that, that we have a lot of social housing in very big uh, apartment buildings, so we have the welfare of the social, uh, of, of the former homeless tenant, but mm -hmm. we also have the, the the welfare of all the people that are living there. Yeah. So there has to be some some network around uh, those kind of profiles, and I think that that's at this moment very good. And the network doesn't have to provide solutions, but we have to know that it's there. Yeah, it's, and that's uh, that's what's working now. That, that's the reason that 90% that of the people are at this moment still living there. 
because we can solve the problems when they're happening or even better uh sure they, they, yeah. they will <laughs> they yeah. will not happen in the future that's that's really key so yeah. housing comes first but then as you said the support system the support mechanism is really important what we always say in flanders is that we are providing housing and mm-hmm. uh, of course a lot of, of, of the people uh, that are tenants in social housing in flanders also have some other uh, problems but mainly they should be able uh, to live on themselves mm-hmm. so we are not building psychiatric uh, institutions we're providing a house with if needed some support of psychiatric teams mm-hmm. and that's more or less the same in, in, in housing first homeless uh, addressing we say okay we have no problem uh, to provide houses for homeless people even more i think it's one of the main uh, accents of, of what we're doing but you should be uh, also able to to give them a network to make sure they won't put them on the street again a couple of years later yeah. that was what we see a lot is that there's a cycle of people getting in getting out getting in getting out on the street uh, and that's no solution exactly. for no one and that's why we also find next to housing first it's very important uh, to see that people won't become homeless especially from social housing because yeah. if we evict a tenant in social housing it's a major failure yeah, yeah. absolutely no other solution possible yeah. uh we we've done a lot of work in that uh, field also so uh, the best way to to tackle homelessness is in my view uh, to make sure that no people get homeless yeah very important but of course for the people that are actually homeless uh housing first this is something that we and we, we were a bit reluctant in the beginning because it was more or less like okay we will give them an allocation in front of all the other people on our waiting list and there are there seem to be no no actual commitments mm-hmm. uh, not from the tenant not from the supporting uh, organization but it has appeared that that's not true it's just another way of looking at how to support people and that you can't solve every problem yeah. you can't solve every addicted uh, person in in flanders well a lot of those people will stay addicted probably but you can give them uh, a kind of a situation in which if they are capable and they want to can tackle it mm-hmm. and housing is in that i think the most basic need after eating drinking I think <laughs> I think it's the most uh, primary need that that people have. We have to look uh, more at it in that way. Clear, very clear. And how does uh, the future now look like? How high is this issue now on uh, your agenda in Flanders? You had said uh, in an interview we had when VVH actually joined uh, Housing Europe more than a year ago now that the major challenge for the region, for Flanders today, is to try to get the economy up and running again, but also fighting against the rise of poverty in mm-hmm. which housing plays an important role. So how does the future picture look like? Well, the, the need for housing, especially in in the the lower income uh, rate, mm-hmm. is uh, very high, and it's increasing. Uh, Flanders is also one of the, the the only regions in Europe where the population is also increasing, still increasing. Uh, so, 
just to have a stable social housing sector, we have to invest mm. to keep it on the same level. Um, but we also see that that's due to a lot of reasons, refugees, uh, but also the, the fact that families are getting smaller and smaller. Mm -hmm. uh, I always say we used to have a family with mother, a father and two children with a very moderate income and they divorce. At that moment, we have two people yes. who are in poverty, two families, but also two children. <laughs> and that, that, that's one of the, the main reasons that we, we have a lot of work on the shelf uh, in social housing. And especially in, in the very lowest income social economic profiles, and for instance, homeless people, uh, we feel that it's increasing. We don't have, have hard numbers on that, but, but we feel that, that an unstable housing situation is increasing in Flanders, uh, and we have to tackle it. Um, we're at this moment looking how we can, can more or less put it in the social housing system, but more at this moment we have we have three main entrances for homeless people in social housing. We have the general allocation mm -hmm. of social houses and a lot of people on the waiting list uh, are also in risk of homelessness, uh, but we don't know it. Yeah, I mean they just get an allocation and we, we have no idea uh, if they are in risk or not. Then we have the Housing First uh, initiatives and a lot of similar initiatives mm -hmm. we're doing, so that's very cool. And then we also have, at this moment, 5% uh, of the allocations in social housing uh, that can be used uh, to give a shortcut for very, uh, very problematic uh, housing situations, mm -hmm. for instance, uh, homeless people. Uh, and we're thinking to increase it to 20%. Wow. That's a significant well, change. Yeah, but not not only to homeless people, but just to put the total amount of all kinds of uh, shortcuts to put it in a different uh, entrance yeah. schedule and mm -hmm. uh, to have the main allocation of social housing 80% on, on a very transparent and a very clear way. Mm -hmm. That's at this moment not really <laughs> the case. Uh, and I think that that, that might... Uh, be a big solution. Well, of course, the uh, biggest problem in Flanders is that we only have 6% uh, social housing stock and that every choice we make for a target group mm -hmm. uh, limits the chance for other groups to have access. So I think we should uh, <laughs> increase the amount of social housing, which we are doing. Yeah. But of course, it, it's not the moment uh, anymore. I mean, in, uh, to say let's let's double the stock in a couple of years. I mean, we could have done it in, in the seventies, but at this moment, that, that's, that's just not an, yeah. not an option. Yeah. I mean, there, there are no funds available. There's no ground available. Uh, the, the, also, the things people ask, I, the, the government asks for for housing is, is way higher. Uh, but I think we we have to to put it in place. And what is very important is that, that indeed the support and the network around this kind of cases, uh, that we're at this moment convinced that it indeed works. Mm -hmm. It was something in, in the past that, that wasn't that clear. 
That's important. So you have the, pr the proof, the evidence. So you, yeah. this is the way forward, I would say. Bjorn Malens, director of VVH, the representative umbrella organization of the Flemish social housing companies. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. That was all for today. It has been the third episode of Making a House a Home, the monthly podcast brought to you by Housing Europe, the European Federation of Public, Cooperative and Social Housing. Tune in on our website, www.housingeurope.eu, or on our profile on Mixcloud to get the latest episode on your computer or mobile device. Do you have any comments, ideas, or proposals about topics we could discuss or people we could invite? Then feel free to drop us a line at info at housingeurope.eu. Michalis Goudis has produced and moderated this podcast. You will be hearing again from us in 2018 now, as this has been the last episode for this year. So, until next time in January, best wishes from all of us here at Housing Europe for a nice holiday season and a smooth start into the new year. Bye-bye.